Are we about ready to continue? No, give us another five minutes. You've already had about 20, so. Oh, that worked. All right, let's uh, uh, let's let's look. Uh, I, I'm kind of thumbing through those, if if you can thumb through your mind, um, with reference to that, because I, I wanted to at least introduce um, the apostles and something about the apostles Nicene and, and Athanasian Creed in the time remaining. Um, please open to First uh, Corinthians chapter one. There's a reference there under. Let's see, what question is it? Um, yeah, the, the first one. Are statements of faith necessary? And then also, uh, what does Scripture say about the unity of faith? I want to kind of kind of talk about some of those things. Um, you know, some would say, um, or maybe I should have just ask, um, what might some people say about the rise of Christian denominationalism? Any ideas? What some might say? In other words, when did uh, the number of denominations skyrocket? That's, that's the claim, right? That's the claim. You know, so since the Reformation, and uh, so, so before the Reformation, there was Catholicism, right? That was kind of the umbrella, but you also had different groups within Catholicism, which the claim was then, and the claim still is, that there's a united front. Right in Catholicism, there's not. I mean, just expressed with the Pope and you know, the current Pope and everything else. Um, and then the claim is again that you know, well, because of Luther, um, the church kind of broke off. Well, even before Luther, there was the Roman, there, there was the Catholics in the West, and there was the Orthodox in the East. Two denominations already. Okay, um, and you might be aware that there's different kinds of Orthodox communions. There's Greek, there's Russian, there's, you know, um, a slew of Siberian probably and, and a slew of others. Uh, but the claim is concerning Luther that he kind of messed everything up well, with the Reformation. Well, the only thing he did is he was the only one who didn't get killed because yeah. he thought so. Yeah. So after yeah. that, people well, didn't get killed yeah. not thinking the same thing of verbalizing yeah. something that was different yeah. from the, 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 historically, the claim is that, that things really got shaken up by, by Luther. And, and I would say, on one level, yes, they did. Uh, but then I would also want to ask why. But alone. What's that? He wasn't alone. No, he wasn't. And he was not the first one to call for reform either. Right. But the way that he did, you know, and the, the, the foundation upon which he himself built, you know, um, you know, it's quite different from the others. So, yeah. Well, there was a lot of the priests at the time that didn't believe what they were being told by the Pope. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of disagreement, but yeah. uh, all of them didn't stand up and fight, right? Yeah. Like Luther did for the Pope's right. You know, the... Yeah, and, and because, you know, the, the centrality of his message, of course, was justification by grace through faith, which the Roman, with the, which the Catholic Church at the time then and still today will have nothing to do with. In fact, it's still, I, I think, is it Canon 10 in the Council of Trent, uh, you know, statements that they condemn still, they anathemize those who believe that they're saved by grace through faith, which is actually what Scripture teaches. And actually, Scripture says that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. 
Um, but uh, let me ask you this, okay? So to that statement, okay, Luther messed everything up. Before then, it was all united, right? How many different groups of Jews were there in Jesus' day that we are aware of? Well, you had also the Essenes. I think they were roughly about that time. They were kind of the zealots, right? Um, the extremists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's just what four, right there. So Judaism was not united. How many different kinds of Muslims groups are there? Yeah. So you have, you know, and, and that's just from the, the historical background after, especially after Muhammad's death, right? I mean, you had separation, separation of ways. Okay, who's the next leader of Islam? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 First Corinthians is one, but but what about you know what was uh, you know one of Paul's main arguments with with most with many of the Jews who were becoming Christian is that what like the Judaizers as he calls them right mm -hmm. they were saying that well to be a good Christian to be a good Christian you have to keep the law of Moses and not only was he saying that to Jews who were converted but to Gentiles too so you have to be circumcised you know and and there I mean there's a, a great contrast. Um, and, you know, we, we even begin to see different groups. And, and 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is, uh, is one place where we begin to see that. In verse 10, uh, the very first chapter of this uh, first letter of, of Paul to the Christians in Corinth, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you. Which would kind of indicate that there were divisions among them, right? But that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. It has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was, cru was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Uh, that sounds a lot like denominationalism, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that, I mean, even, yeah, so, I mean, there's disagreement. Now, I, I don't think it's theological, or at least it doesn't appear theological, uh, a disagreement between Paul and uh, Barnabas. Remember, because uh, it, it had to do with uh, John Mark, or Mark. Yeah. You know, uh, Barnabas, I think, wanted to take him to, to revisit, you know, the, the places that they had been to before, but Mark had not been with them, and Paul was saying, no, he didn't go with us. Um, and then actually Paul and Mark went another way, and Paul went, you know, the original way that he was intending to go. Uh, but the Lord used both. You know, in the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, but the, the, the point in saying all this is that there was division even in the early church. You know, um, and, and we might recall, too, that there, there was, uh, you know, a certain amount of uh, disagreement among the disciples, even when Jesus still lived, right? Who's the greatest? And in the midst of that conversation, Jesus is saying the Son of Man would die, 
you know, would suffer and die and rise again, and they're complaining about, they're, they're trying to figure out who's the greatest among them, you know, kind of thing. Uh, there's a disconnect um, that's there. But, but here, you know, that they say the same thing, and we might ask the question, why say the same thing? Why is that so important? to say the same thing, to confess the same faith in a united fashion. Scripture and perfect scripture. Yeah. So those who hear believe rightly, right? I mean, it, it all goes back to what we what we looked, you know, the few verses we looked at before. So John 20, for example, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. If someone is teaching different than that, then they're preaching them not to heaven, but to hell. Right? It's important that we say the same thing and, and also not, not entirely do the same thing, but I remember um, there was a pamphlet, and I, I think it was brilliantly uh, put together called Luth- What About Lutheran Worship? Remember Al Berry? You know, he, he, uh, he, he either wrote himself or, or at least had produced these pamphlets on What About? And you could find these online. I think it's uh, under Confessing the Truth, you know, at all times, something like that. But the one particularly about Lutheran worship, there he says, you know, he speaks of Lutheran worship and he relates it, if I recall, you know, to kind of a flag on a battlefield. You know who you're with, who your team is, so to speak. You know, um, so, so also one's teaching, one's confession of faith demonstrates or indicates, um, you know, if it's according to what, what you believe, according to what scripture says or believe something different you know and that's why you know uh, confessions of faith are still necessary today right i mean is it sufficient to say you know for for christians everywhere to say i believe the bible oh, but that's so... it doesn't cover enough it doesn't give you enough information it's not that it's untrue no hopefully but, but just because I say I believe the Bible doesn't mean I believe everything that's in the Bible. That's right. it's, almost, it, it's almost like a cop-out in a way. Or it can be. Not that it necessarily is. Um, but uh, when you get to, you know, I, I use the term nitty-gritty, what the text actually says, if someone says I believe the Bible but they deny infant baptism, you know, we would go so far to say if you if you deny infant baptism and you say you believe the Bible, you really don't believe all that the Bible teaches and says. It's not an insignificant thing. Yeah. Right. And not only, not only is it, uh, oh, I guess, how did you say that? Um, you know, it's, it's not only, uh, it's not only, how do I want to say this? Um, it's, it's, it's not only, a, it is a fruit of faith to confess the faith, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, but we also recognize, too, that by seeing these sins, by confessing the faith, we are actually confessing what is true. You know, um, so, you know, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Now we unpack that, you know, and, and we, uh, you know, we give expression, uh, you know, for the faith given us by God according to Scripture, by what we say and by what we do, of course, corporately and, and privately, too. You know, um, and that's that others see. You know, um, and not only that others see, but because that's what God gives us to do as his people. You know, not to remain silent, you know, but to speak. And we do so in, in various ways. So um, looking at, uh, let's see, move ahead if I can. Yeah, so with the Apostles' Creed, for example, um, you know, oftentimes, and I, 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 uh, you know, I did have a, 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 another example. Um, I guess it didn't get hidden on this one, apparently. Um, but I did have an example of a, a creed, and, and you might be aware of this, that even in some Lutheran, uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregations, they kind of tinker with the creed every Sunday. They tinker with the service every Sunday. And, uh, and I think partly the idea is, well, we have to make these words relevant for the people. But what happens oftentimes is that, you know, a congregation or specifically a pastor begins to do that. Um, it becomes not universal, but individualistic. And uh, not only that, but it is not fully expressive of the Christian faith as a whole. Um, and, and, and it gets to the point that... that uh, you know, in, in some of these creeds, you know, you, you, you really kind of lose this. You, you, of course, lose the substance. But not only do you lose the substance, but you, you lose the specificity and the identification of God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for example. You know, so God becomes creator. The Holy Spirit becomes mother. Um, and Jesus becomes something else. Um other than what scripture teaches. But also, interestingly enough, thinking about that, it also divorces and is a, an illustration of a divorce from the pastor and the congregation from historic Christianity too. Because I, I think we sometimes forget that with the creeds, that these kind of were born out of, how should I say, um, born out of struggle and tension between the true and the false teachings. Yeah, Pastor Blazek. Kind of looked ahead to see if... You know, I don't want to quote something that maybe you're planning on bringing up, but didn't say it, but I think this kind of dovetails into everything you just said, and that's first first Timothy three sixteen. Okay. First Timothy three sixteen. Uh, I like showing people who say, Well, where in the Bible are their creeds? Right. And I go, Well, there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But but this one is formulaic. I mean it looks like a verse. Right. It's like something yeah, yeah. that was written like a hymn. Right. And uh, it's, it's very simple, very basic, and it's easy to remember because it's 316. Going <laughs> 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 on 316. Yeah, right. But anyway, 1 Timothy 3.16, where it says, you know, and by common, there's the word, confession, great is the mystery of godliness. Yeah. And then it goes into the creedal verse. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, beheld by the angels, proclaimed among the nations, lies on in the world, taken up in glory. 
Yeah. If that's not the if that's not the very seat for the Apostles' Creed, oh come on, you know, mm -hmm. there it is. And then yeah. also, of course, what Paul says later to Timothy, uh, in Second Timothy, yeah. where he warns against those who will bring forth man-made doctrines to tickle mm -hmm. the ears of those who right. are easily led astray. So you have that whole tension um, that uh, is, it, it's, a, it's necessary. I mean, Paul, even in 1 Corinthians 3, talks about the wood, the gold, the silver, the hay, the stubble, yeah. the stones. I mean, if that's not denominationalism, there it is. He, he talks about six different substances, yeah. even though they're all being built on the same foundation, but his, his word of warning is be careful. Right. Be careful what you build on the foundation, because mm -hmm. you can't, you know, inadvertently build slippery slopes on that foundation mm -hmm. yeah. if you stray from the word. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And and so you know, with, with reference to the creed, then I mean, it, it's, um, you know, the, the creeds, I should say, the apostles of Nicene and Athanasian. Um, you know, kind of uh, along that same line, confessing what is true, confessing what is uh, truly believed by Christians here and everywhere. And it was almost like, a, a, you know, a, a, you know, a measuring stick. In other words, um, which we, we kind of lost sight of, because I, I think on the one hand, we want to say that, that all who call themselves Christians are Christians. At least I would like to say that. But have you noticed that you know you're, you're talking with someone who claims to be a Christian, but then you, as, as you're talking with them, you find, well, that's kind of a really different kind of Christian. <laughs> you know, um, and to, to such a point, you know, and, and again, um, referring to the Reformation, there was a, a time in 1529 where there was a Marburg colloquy. It was in 1529, wasn't it? where you had Luther who was meeting with Ulrich Zwingli, you know, and it was about, you know, uniting in the faith. And I think they, they, they agreed, you know, on, I, I think, it was, I want to say 12 or 15 of the articles, whatever. points. Yeah. I've heard it said 13 and a half points. Okay, okay. So that's unlocking <laughs> that number, right? Yeah. yeah. But they, they agreed on the initial points of, of teaching that they had but when it came to the Lord's Supper you know they disagreed with which which kind of leads me to believe did they really agree on everything else yeah. Christology was questioned. yeah and in fact um, you know I'll, I'll make a plug for for the book of Concord in the formula of Concord in particular um, one follows right after the other the person of Christ and the Lord's Supper because how you view the one is also expressive of the other and vice versa. I mean, it, it's fascinating. And we, we often don't want to go there um, because, you know, someone who says, well, I don't believe in infant baptism, you have to make a choice uh, to be baptized. You have to be old enough, age accountability, all that stuff. We don't want to go so far to necessarily say that they're denying God's grace. But they are. To that infant. Yeah. I, I think there's a, you know, both an accelerator and a break here. Um, for a number of years, I, I attended here at Clovis an ecumenical, keyword there, ecumenical Bible study with a bunch of other clergy, and I mentioned it to the Bible class before. 
that when we got together, we had a three-point agreement. Okay. One was the Bible is the Word of God. Okay. Two, the Trinity. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. one God, three persons. Right. And the third one was Jesus is Lord and Savior. Right. And with that, we had Catholic and Baptist and Methodist and something like that. Various people that came. It was, you know, a mixed group. But it was interesting to sit into that group, even after we agreed on those three basic principles, which you would say, you know, that's the foundation, right? You know, free will came up, decision theology came up, certainly questioning the sacraments came up. Yeah. And, and what we were doing was we would take the gospel for the appointed Sunday as our text to study, even though some were not liturgical. But they said, well, we can do that because it's the word of God. But it was right. really insightful to see Mm-hmm. How we still vary greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other thing is this, and that is not to be separatist, because our our founding father of Missouri Synod, C.F.W. Walter, mm-hmm. always tried to keep open the avenues for communication right. with other Christians. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing too. Yeah. Is that we don't become separatists. Mm-hmm. Say, but they don't believe 100% like me, so I'm not even going to talk to them. Because yeah. there is opportunity to also yeah. express our understanding right. of the scripture, right. even to other mm-hmm. Christians that may not agree right. on every point. Right. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, you know, we, we have uh, we, the, the, the creeds came out of the needs of the church. Um, so we have, uh, you know, example, Matthew 16, Matthew 28, of course, you know, all authority has been given to me, Jesus says, you know, going therefore baptized all nations, teaching them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Apostles' Creed also very briefly is considered um, the earliest of the creeds, and then uh, earliest of the three, I should say, and also a baptismal creed. You know, so you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit distinguished, um, but not as fully as in the Nicene Creed, which came about, you know, you know, with, with uh, various... Uh, with various uh, adjustments made um, over the course of years, um, primarily because, and, and I think it was during the time of Arianism is the heresy. Arianism taught that Jesus Christ, uh, there was a time when Jesus Christ was not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, uh, you know, so I have Arian, Arianism here, but the church, this was a huge heresy that the church fought against for a number of years, okay? And I, I think it was still prevalent when, when Athanasius uh, came on the scene. Uh, but interestingly, um, just one distinction between the, the uh, Eastern Orthodox and the Western Church with reference to the Nicene Creed, there's that phrase, uh, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son and the Father. That Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son is omitted in the Eastern Creed. Um, and you might you might know the date or heard of the date 1054 1054. That was um, historically that's understood to be the date when the East and the West split. And one of the reasons, not 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 the only reason, but one of the reasons was because of this clause from the Sun. Um, there were a few other items going on at the time, um, but otherwise the Eastern Church. Uh, says the Nicene Creed, but minus the uh, from the Son of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, and then lastly, uh, the Athanasian Creed, which is the longest, and actually all three creeds are in the TLH, in the Lutheran hymnal, as well as in Lutheran service book. Um, we're not sure exactly when it was written, but most likely it was not written by Athanasius, even though it has his name attached to it. Of course, it's the longest of the creeds, but it offers, offers the clearest statements concerning the distinctions of the persons of the Holy Trinity. And for Lutherans, as we're aware, there are some discomforting words only because um, we have been influenced by others concerning those very words, right? So, um, you know, one phrase in the Athanasian Creed, for example, unless you believe this holy Catholic faith, you know, kind of thing, referencing the Athanasian Creed as the, the, the I shouldn't say Roman, I should say Catholic. That word Catholic kind of throws us for a loop sometimes, but it's lowercase c, not bigger case c. Um, and then there's also in the Athanasian Creed, very briefly, um, there's also reference to he who does not believe this is condemned with reference to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? With reference to the Trinity. Uh, but being Christian, actually having eternal life does not mean that you know everything, of course, but that you believe rightly what God himself has revealed concerning his Christ. So a Christian is not going to deny the Trinity, even if they don't know Father and Spirit, right? Um, you know, so, and I'm thinking of, uh, like, the, the um, you know, the Old Testament saints, they died in the faith, um, even though they were not probably able to articulate Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as the Trinity, you know, kind of thing. They believe the promises of God. We might also think of the thief on the cross, the criminal on the cross. Uh, we don't know actually what he believed, other than he believed Jesus Christ, right? Um, you know, so some have said, for example, that, well, likely he wasn't baptized, and I, I would take that position too. Um, likely he wasn't baptized, but I can't say with 100% certainty, you know, that he was not. What I can say is that he believed in the Son when he says to Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom, and Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise, that meant that that day when he died, he would be with Jesus in paradise. He very well could have been baptized by John three years earlier. He could have. Sure. Yeah, we, we don't know. It's an argument for silence. Right, right, yeah, which is kind of on shaky ground, right? To, but but still, but still, yeah, um, and, and that could be discussed and the like. But, um, so we'll conclude with this, uh, uh, with... Uh, with a prayer, and then next week we'll move, we'll move on to I think I think we're on the hymns of the day, the hymn, the hymns of the day, hymns, um, and the like. So we'll hear more about that next time.